Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. And how about Dr. Lang? Am I wrong about him? He's a great man. He's going to save the world. Yeah, how's he going to do that? The ozone layer is disappearing, and the ultraviolet rays will make everybody sterile. So the only way our species will survive is by cloning living cells. Jessica, are you pregnant? Yes. He chose me to be one of the mothers of the future. So he told you that you were carrying a cloned baby? to help a couple whose baby died. I'm going to bring that child back to life. In New York City, Sexually-based offenses are considered especially heinous. These are their stories. Hey guys, welcome to Munch My Benson. My name is Adam. I'm uh, here in New York, though, gosh, it looks like there's uh, an increasing chance that we might be moving this summer, so we don't know for sure where or exactly if, but... It seems even like how. it's heading that direction. Well, I'm hopefully the job will help a little bit with that. We'll find out. But definitely, uh, knock on woods, I've got a couple options out there. I will, of course, let the munchies know when I know what's going to happen. Wherever we go, it's going to be like three moves in one, because half of my shit is here, half of my shit is in Houston, and then I also have a bunch of shit in the Pacific Northwest. So there's going to be a whole lot of moving going on. It's going to take like a month or two. How are you, Josh? It looks like you guys are getting, uh, you're, you seem comfortable there. I, I noticed stuff hasn't moved since last we spoke, which, uh, which is a good sign. Yeah, I got a peanut gallery up here. You got a sock monkey. You got a... Yeah, you have a Cabbage Patch Kid. I think you have the same Cabbage Patch Kid I have. I doubt it. It is Zach. He's a Royals Cabbage He's Patch Royals Kid. One. Oh, nice. I Mine is Keith. I, I don't think he has a, a thing, though. There are also two weird little dolls right here that you can kind of see their eyes peeking through. Yeah, it's creepy, man. Yeah, they are creepy. 
Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, we're pretty much settled. Nice. You know, we still haven't hung stuff on the walls, but that's kind of last. Yeah, you got to make sure that you're going to actually keep the room set up before you start banging holes mm. in the wall. That's always my uh, I'm pretty sure we're keeping the room set up. Nice. But but you wake up one day, you realize the feng shui's all off, the energy's bad, you need to have your head pointing southwest or something. Right. I actually had a little excursion today that kind of fits into this because I was one block away from where the crime occurred. Nice. Which was kind of nice. Yeah, un- unexpectedly. Beautiful. But, uh, <laughs> Megan, me, and Max have been traveling like nonstop for months. Max especially, but we've all been here and there and gone. So it's been a while since we just went out and had a honest-to-goodness, old-fashioned Max and Adam go somewhere dumb. So we took the boat down to Tompkins Square Park. Max played with some other kids at the playground. You scored didn't some age. Didn't use the restroom this time. Didn't score any age. Uh, I saw some guys shooting age by some lovely early flowering trees, by the way. Then we went to the library across the street, got some cool books, had a nice lunch at Mahmoud's, which is a falafel institution in New York. It's not the uh, Burmese place that's across the street from the crime? Not the Burmese place okay. across the street from the crime. More on that later, Josh. I bet. And then- <laughs> then we went, of course, to a Korean grocery store, which okay, which uh, tracks. had to top it off. You know, <laughs> that's an Adam day out on the town. <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, it was fun. How about you, Josh? Uh, been up to anything? Our Christmas had been postponed with the full complement of Jackie's family. So you did like a President's Day kind of fiesta? Yeah, we celebrated war criminals. (laughs) (laughs) uh, So yeah, we went down to Madison where Jackie's brother and his family are. Nice. That was nice. We went down there over the weekend. How's the the snowpack up there? Well, we just got a foot of snow last week. Yeah, that's what I thought. Or 13 inches, I think. It was a significant amount of snow. Yeah. But most of it had melted. Mm -hmm. So it's just like, okay, well now the snow's back to where it was, you know, Right a month ago. So we actually had our first snowfall of the season just two days ago. Here at my house, we probably got two inches just north of us. Places got like six inches. The thing is, it like snowed hard for about an hour and then immediately transitioned to rain. So yeah. it was just sad and disgusting right. the next morning. There was snow, but it was disgusting yeah. snow. Somebody made a snowman. And Max got to stomp on snow, but it's like all gone today. Does it feel weird to know that like Santa Clarita, I think, has had more snow than you? Yeah, it's weird. Yeah. There's places in the Sierra that have over 40 feet of snow. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's insane. <laughs> Batshit crazy. I'm caught up on Poker Face, so I've seen the first eight episodes now. Oh, okay. I'm like way behind because Megan's been gone all this time. Oh, man, and it's so fun. Instead of watching an, another episode last night, we watched the first John Oliver of the new season. Sure. For people listening in the future from me and Adam, they've dropped two so far. Yeah. Have you been watching Last of Us? No, I haven't. It's kind of like, I think we're going to be watching Poker Face for a minute, and then Last yeah. of Us will be kind of, when we're looking for a new thing, that'll be the one. Last of Us is very fucking good. That's everything I hear is that it's fantastic. I've yet to hear anybody not rave about it. And I definitely it. was sort of in zombie fatigue, generally speaking, but this is so fucking good. I have been on record many times as a very much anti-Walking Dead guy. Yeah, Walking Dead can blow me. <laughs> 
But I'm a fan of the genre. Sure. George Romero is my guy, but... Dead Don't Die was really fun. Yeah. I don't care what people say. You know, I thought 28 Days Later was pretty fun. Oh, yeah. 28 Days Later was great. 28 Weeks Later was just okay, but 28 Days Later was amazing. But yeah, Josh, should we just jump on this thing and try to knock it out of the park? Yeah. Get out of here before the roaches start biting us? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) So, this week, we are watching Season 4. Hmm. Episode 24. It's crazy. They had 25 episodes that season. Lunacy. Mm-hmm. Perfect. <laughs> we'll see. <laughs> Uni's responding to an armed robbery call, apprehend their man, but not without shots fired. And a black female runaway looks like she may have been errantly shot by one of the officer's service weapons after having suffered a long list of abuses first. Elliot and Liv respond to the call only to find the bane of their existence, Tucker, standing there asking them to take on the case for the victim. They begrudgingly oblige, but not before telling Tucker that they won't be cleaning up shit if this makes the unis or NYPD look bad. CSU maps out where the shots were fired from, proving that it was the perp, not the unis, who accidentally shot the girl. But Warner quickly puts to bed the notion that the bullet killed her, telling Olivia that the girl was already dead when she caught the stray bullet. Melinda also lets them know that what appeared to be burns on her arms were actually cockroach bites, pointing toward the girl being immobilized and likely restrained prior to her death. Much tells the unit he's ID'd the girl, Samantha Tassler, a missing person from outside of Philly who they'd been looking for last year to no avail. Her parents come to ID their 14-year-old daughter, but none of her belongings look familiar, including an $800 necklace that doesn't jibe with the theory that she'd been homeless. The necklace leads them to Dr. Garrett Lang, who had a hundred of these rhodium infinity necklaces custom-made. The youth-obsessed doc says he has no idea how Samantha would have gotten his necklace, but that he didn't recognize her. Warner concludes that Samantha had been deprived of fluids for more than a handful of days, and that she died of a resultant blood clot. Even weirder, Samantha was expelling a dozen eggs a cycle, indicating that as a 14-year-old she was undergoing hormone therapy like one would undergo for in vitro fertilization. And moreover, she was eight weeks pregnant. A dig into Lang's financials uncovers a slew of properties held by his corporation, including one that's applied for tax-exempt status as a charitable organization. A trip to that property quickly turns up another girl who's been missing for months. When Eliovia knock on the door, a matronly woman, Mrs. Haggerty, tries to tell them that they can't come in, that they're interrupting her classes, but they see an infinity symbol tattooed on her wrist and slap cuffs on her. She claims all the girls' parents mistreated them, and that she and the Foundation were only helping girls in need. Jessica Morris and the other four girls hold fast to the story that they'd all run away and are hopelessly devoted to Mrs. Haggerty, which makes Wong think that they've all been brainwashed and that this has to be a cult. When they go to the Foundation's brownstone, it's been cleared out and sanitized, all in two hours, having to have been tipped off either by Haggerty or her lawyer. Huang Liviet take a trip to see Ooh, Haggerty's lawyer nice. and sees she's her, and she's seeing her clients, Haggerty and Lang, who Haggerty had hours earlier claimed only supplied the Foundation with its initial endowment but wasn't really involved anymore. Five minutes in the office with the trio leaves one thing perfectly clear. Lang is calling the shots, and Haggerty and the lawyer, John Quentin, are doing whatever he asks of them. Wong concludes that they need to figure out how they're targeting these girls because it seems there must be a pattern. That pattern 
knowledge builders centers in cities across the country, which Lang is also an investor in, and where an infinity tattooed Ms. Kindersky believes in the infinite potential of everyone to succeed. Oh, yeah. Turns out she was in the four cities from which the girls disappeared three days prior to their disappearances. A deeper conversation with Jessica Morris turns up the disgusting nugget that Lang is going to save the world. How, you might ask? The ultraviolet rays let in by the deteriorating ozone layer are going mm-hmm. to make everyone sterile, so he's going to clone living cells to help the species survive, and Jessica's carrying the clone of another couple's dead child in her womb. She's a mother of the future. They catch him mid-in vitro and quickly discover him to have taken in a shitload of money from rich people who have lost children, promising that he'd clone their dead kid in return for a donation. DNA proved that Lang ain't cloning shit, and that the source of sperm for the buns cooking in these young girls' ovens was none other than that of Dr. Lang. Shocker. Worse yet, Samantha told Jessica that Lang was a phony, and Jessica told Haggerty, which meant that Haggerty had to take care of Samantha. On the stand, Lang says he was just going to use his babies as seat warmers until he figures this cloning shit out, but he makes sure to completely distance himself from the goings-on at Haggerty's facility. With it looking evident that Lang was going to scapegoat Haggerty to take the rap, Cabot implores her to turn to Trevor Langan to represent her before Lang makes her take the fall for him. He used her own lost daughter to play her like a fiddle. Turns out Lang was... All up in that shit. He ran all that shit, including ordering Samantha's reprogramming, overseeing much of it. Lang gets hauled out of the courtroom after spazzing out about clones, and we get a, but I'm Jesus H. Darwin, you fucking idiots, Dick Wolf. Yep, yep, yep. yep. This movie was a lot more fun to watch the first time. Or I this think. episode of television. <laughs> this episode was a lot more fun to watch the first time. <laughs> Sorry, I've been uh, I've been reading uh, all the uh, cast members of Big Bad Wolf right now, which I'm sure we'll get to in a minute. We will. So, <laughs> yeah, man. I hesitate to call this a rip from the headlines, but my research into human cloning led me down a very I'm- weird path. I'm glad you had the time to do that because I did not because I was doing all the guest star nonsense. I think we should talk about the guest stars and then I will jump into this tangent is the only way I can describe it. Sounds great. Hopefully (laughs) it's about cat cloning. Actually, it'll be the second of a couple uh, tangents because I have one that will appear in the uh, the midst of your – your discussion here right on okay (laughs) so guest stars we've already talked about joanna merlin who's playing judge lena petrovsky we talked about her much more episode 128 she's breastfeeding every child in the waiting room where we were discussing the demorniseode season 7 episode 15 manipulated we talked about robert john burke who's playing ed tucker and uh, munch by benson episode 90 we've got her blooded we've got to shoot this fast where we're discussing season 15 episode 21 postmortem blues that was the William Lewis just killed himself episode. Mm. Then we talked about Peter Herman last episode, mm-hmm. which we've not named. Uh, obviously, he's Mr. Harkate and he's playing Trevor Langan. But yeah, last episode, we were discussing season five, episode 19, Sick. Then we've already talked about Karen Browning, who's playing CSU Captain Judas Cyper. Yeah. Talked about her in much more events in episode 29. I was going to say the guy scared stiff. We were discussing season five, episode eight, Abomination. 
We've already talked about Adrienne Lennox, who's playing Sharon Tassler, the mother of Samantha. Mm. We talked about her in Munch from Events in episode 49, A Hooker's Chips and Donuts. We're discussing mm. season 7, episode 9, Rockabye. She was playing nurse Judy Carlton there. And we've already talked about Karen Ludwig, who's playing Marcy Kendersky. We talked about her back in Munch, My, Benson, Episode 68, Close Enough to See Dick Mole. We're discussing Season 9, Episode 15, Undercover. She's playing the first character we saw her as, Prisoners. We also saw her as a receptionist in a mask. Hmm. Nice. First up. Yeah. Barbara Berry. Yeah. Who's playing Paula Haggerty. Just a couple of credits. Just a few. <laughs> she was born in Chicago. She was raised in Texas, graduating from Corpus Christi High School, and then getting her BFA from UT Austin. After working a bunch on stage and the small screen, she had her breakout in the landmark film in Racial Relations, One Potato, Two Potato, which saw her as a single mother who married a black man, and which netted her the Best Actress Award at Cannes in 1964. She was nominated for a Tony in 1971 while originating the role of Sarah in Stephen Sondheim's Company. She won an Obie and a Drama Desk Award in 1974 for her performance in Jay Broad's The Killdeer. I suppose it could be Jay Broad, however he pronounces his last name. She played Barney Miller's wife from 1975 to 1978. Yeah. She was Oscar nominated the next year for her performance in Breaking Away, nominated for Best Supporting Actress. Yeah. She's also been in the film's Giant, though she was uncredited in that. Uh, credits are different than if you – I think if you were under five, you didn't get credited usually. Nice. The Bell Jar, Private Benjamin, End of the Line, Real Men, and Judy Berlin, for which she received an Independent Spirit Award nomination in, what, 99, I believe? She was main cast in the Diana Rigg Star Vehicle, Diana, the Breaking Away TV series, which she – yeah, I know. So weird. Private Benjamin also had a TV series. Very yeah, strange. Yeah, which she was in an episode of. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Tucker's Witch, Reggie, Double Trouble, and Suddenly Susan. She was Emmy nominated thrice, once for Breaking Away, once for a 1992 guest spot on the original series, mm. and for this guest spot. Oh, she was Emmy nominated for this. Quick note on Suddenly Susan, because when I saw that, I, of course, was like, man, Suddenly Susan was such a cheap imitation of Just Shoot Me. However, Suddenly Susan came out first. It was released oh, no. in, in September 1996. Just Shoot Me came out in March 1997. So you would think that they were both kind of in development at the same time. Suddenly Susan lasted for four seasons mm -hmm. It did not have quite as good of a cast, yeah. at least at the top end, as Just Shoot Me did. Just Shoot Me had a very good cast. Sure. It lasted for seven seasons. Yeah, that's probably why. Yeah, and as we've seen on Munch My Benson, though, you have to belong to Patreon to listen to those episodes, I believe. Have we done a Brooke yeah. Shields episode that's... Uh... We've only done the one. Yeah, they, thank you. Fingers thank crossed. We will never get Jesus. the other one before the world ends. <laughs> uh, yeah. Anyways, as we found, she's not always a very good actress. <laughs> no, no, she can be quite bad. Uh, I've seen her very bad in many things, actually. Back to Barbara Berry. She wrote mm -hmm. two children's books, Lone Star and Adam Zigzag, and wrote two more books about her battle with colorectal cancer, Second Act, and Don't Die of Embarrassment. Mm. So she and uh, Marsha... God damn it. Cross, mm. survivors of rectal cancer. Mm. She was married to director, actor, producer J. Malcolm Harnick, who founded Theater Works USA. They were married from 1964 until his death in 2007. They had two children, Jane Caroline Harnick and Aaron Lewis Harnick. Then we've got Gail Harold, who's playing Dr. Garrett Lang. 
He was born in Atlanta to an engineer father and real estate agent mother. He was raised Pentecostal, though he left the church when he was 15. He graduated from the Lovett School and then went to American University on a soccer scholarship, but after a few months left D.C. and moved to San Francisco to study photography at the San Francisco Art Institute while bouncing between construction, bartending, waiting, and apprentice motorcycle mechanic jobs. Hmm. Martin Landau's daughter Susan suggested he tried acting, so he dropped out of SFAI and moved to L.A., where he studied active intensively for three years, getting accepted into the classical theater company at the Actors Conservatory program. He was main cast in the U.S. version of Curious Folk, which was happening at this time. So he had a fair amount of buzz. So that's why he would yeah. have been this guy, I think. He was definitely sort of – not that there's a main character in Queer as Folk, but he was one, one of, of the like big yeah. three guys on it. Yeah, yeah probably – really or irked his Pentecostal weirdo oh, big time. members. <laughs> yeah, for real. <laughs> so he was main casting for his folk, then vanished and the secret circle. He had recurring roles on the unit and Deadwood, where he played Wyatt Earp. Also Grey's Anatomy, Desperate Housewives, Hellcats, and Defiance. He's in the film's Rhinoceros Eyes, which also stars Michael Pitt, uh. Paige Turco, Okay. Matt Servito. Wow. And Alexis Dezena. That's that's a lot of uh, Munch alums. And Michael Pitch, the star, and he is playing a dude with... <laughs> He's he's autistic, I believe, and he okay. lives in a prop house, and he's trying to get Paige Turco to love him. Wow. Okay. It's streaming free somewhere. I think we need to at least add it to the list. There's just too much going on there. I really like it. It sounds like it's going to be really bad. Yeah, I, we should add to the list. I might watch it just to clear. I mean, because my I don't want to put another boy who love trolls. Just my inclination hearing that synopsis. It sounds like it could very well fail the simple check test, right? <laughs> maybe, maybe we'll see. So, Gail Harold was in Rhinoceros Eyes, Wake, Falling for Grace, Passenger Side. Fertile Ground, Field of Lost Shoes, Echo Park, Andron, The Black Labyrinth. Okay. And Kiss Me, Kill Me. Yeah. He was also, he was associate producer of Scott Walker's 30th Century Man. What? Yep. He was associate producer of that. Mm -hmm. Oh, oh the, the that was the documentary, right? Yeah. Yeah. I've not seen it. Yeah. <laughs> That, that Bowie, not, not Bowie the was song. a producer. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not, not the song. No, no, no. no. <laughs> Wonderful. Harold was hospitalized after a motorcycle accident in 2008. That's, by the way, a documentary about the musician Scott Walker, not the bullshit politician. Yeah, very different. Yeah. Yeah. Harold was hospitalized after a motorcycle accident in 2008, suffering brain swelling and a fractured shoulder that put him in critical condition for a little while. He also filed a restraining order against his ex-girlfriend, actress Danielle Seklovsky, in 2014. I have to say that everything about him, I don't know if it was casting or hair and makeup or wardrobe or just his acting chops, one of just the quickest, like, you see him walk on stage, you know, on, onto set, and you're like, oh, that guy did it. I don't yep. even know what he did yet, yep. but that guy mm -hmm. did it. <laughs> sure, yeah. <laughs> no, he oozes that. I mean, yeah, he oozed that in Queer as Folk. Like, if there were ever crimes, you would assume that he'd, he'd committed them. Next up, Laura Herring, who's playing yeah. attorney Joan Quentin. Wow. What a biography this lady has. I did not know any of this shit. It's <laughs> shocking. Yeah. Uh, okay, so she was born in Los Mochis, Sinaloa, Mexico. Uh -huh. Her father, Raymond Herring, was a developer and organic farmer of Austrian-German descent. Her mother, Maria Elena Martinez Cairo, 
is a spiritual teacher and real estate investor and former secretary. Her family moved to San Antonio, Texas when she was 10. A couple years later, she suffered a head wound from a 45 bullet caught by stray fire from a drive-by shooting. At 16, she convinced her family to let her study at Iglon? I I don't know how to pronounce it. A-I-G-L-O-N College in Switzerland. It depends on which canton it's in, and I did not uh, keep looking, so I don't know which which language they speak, you know. Sure. Maybe it's Romanche. (laughs) Could be. (laughs) She returned to El Paso and entered the world of beauty pageants, where she won Miss El Paso, Miss Texas, and became the first Hispanic woman crowned Miss USA in 1985. Mm -hmm. She was a professional tango dancer and studied at the London Academy of Performing Arts, studying both Commedia dell'arte and dance, obviously, Latin dance, and that's that's where the tango shit comes in. She was in the films Silent Night, Deadly Night 3, Better Watch Out. Yeah. The Forbidden Dance, Menahem Golan's attempt to one-up his former canon films partner and cousin, Yoram Globus, opening on the same day as Lombada. So they were both trying to cash in on the fucking Lombada dance craze. And uh, they released competing films on the same day just to fuck each other over. Because canon had just split acrimoniously. She's also an exit to Eden, Black Scorpion 2, Aftershock. Little Nicky, Mulholland Drive, John Q, Derailed, Willard, The Punisher, The King, Walkout, Inland Empire, Nancy Drew, Love in the Time of Cholera, Drool, Return to Babylon, Sex Ed, Inside, The Thinning, The Thinning New World Order, and The New Father of the Bride with Andy Garcia. So you just toss out Mulholland Drive like it's nothing. I want to read what Roger Ebert wrote about her performance (laughs) in it. Dude, his fucking love affair with that movie is nonsensical. The movie is pretty good, but it's not like... It has topped many like best film of all time lists. No, best film of this century, not of all time. Best film of this century. You're right. You're right. This century. Not of all time. Fuck off. (laughs) Mulholland Drive is fucking madness. Uh, But but (laughs) I will read what Ebert wrote. Sure. Quote... Not many actresses would be bold enough to name themselves after Rita Hayworth, but Herring does. Because she can. Slinky and voluptuous in clinging gowns. All she has to do is stand there and she's the first good argument in 55 years for a Gilda remake. Pretty eye fucking praise. Yeah. But that's not the only thing that's weird about her, though, Josh. Uh, Oh, I'm going to keep going. I have more. (laughs) (laughs) She was main cast in Sunset Beach. She was recurring in General Hospital, Flipper, The Shield, Gossip Girl, and NCIS Los Angeles. Now, what you want me to get to here, she married Count Carl Eduard von Bismarck Schoenhausen, Otto von Bismarck's great-great-grandson in 1987. They divorced two years later, but she retains the title of Countess von Bismarck Schoenhausen. Mm Mm-hmm. Which means uh, pretty house in German. Sure. Yeah. So she's a countess. <laughs> she is. Yes. <laughs> Next up. Yeah. Kimberly J. Brown, who's playing yeah. Jessica Morris. She was born in Gaithersburg, Maryland. She's been acting and modeling since 1989. She earned a daytime Emmy nomination for her performance as Mara Lewis on Guiding Light when she was 11. At 13, she was cast in the Disney Channel original movie Halloween Town. The first of three films in which she played Marnie Piper. That was five years before this, so she's 18 or 19 here. Mm. She joined the cast of General Hospital again in May of 2021. She's had recurring roles in Unhappily Ever After, Two of a Kind, The Rose Red Miniseries, and Low Winter Sun. 
She was in the films Tumbleweeds, Bringing Down the House, Be Cool, and Big Bad Wolf, with which I know Adam was looking yeah. up. <laughs> it, it looks insane. <laughs> yeah. As of June of 2022, she was engaged to Halloween Town 2 co-star Daniel Kuntz. Then we've got Chuck Cooper, who's playing Mr. Tassler. Yeah. He's born in Cleveland, Ohio, graduated from Ohio University. He won a Tony for Best Featured Actor in a Musical for his turn as Memphis in the musical The Life. Uh, he was also nominated for a Tony in 2021, two years ago, for his performance in Trouble in Mind. And that was uh, as a featured actor in a play, not a musical. He's in the films largely in bit parts, but uh, he's in the films Collision Course, which is like the 95th person who's in Collision Course. Do you know what Collision Course is, Adam? No, not at all. Collision Course is the Jay Leno, Pat Morita buddy cop flick. <laughs> well, you keep reading these other ones. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if there's anybody yeah. else in there that that. Oh, um, there are a lot. I, I mentioned it all the time, but I know them because I know the movie. Anyway, uh, so Collision Course, Malcolm X, North, The Juror, The Peacemaker, Gloria, Hurricane, Find Me Guilty, Chapter 27, American Gangster, Vacation Friends, and Tick, Tick, Boom. He had recurring roles in 100 Center Street, Gossip Girl, House of Cards, Power, Power Book 2 Ghost, and he was Deuteronomy in the Rest in Metal episode of Poker Face. So he's the bus driver. Nice. Uh, he's in one New York Undercover, five the original series. He has three children from his first marriage to Tisa Farley, including actress Lily Cooper. He has been married to playwright Deborah Bevort since 2009. So you're looking at Collision Course? Yeah, have we not had Tom Noonan in an SVU? Um, seems like he should have been. He he was in whatchamacallit. Wasn't he in uh, Man from Another Planet? I think you're right there. Anyways, surely we will get somebody slightly higher up the list here. Yeah, everyone in it so far is like way down the cast list. Yeah. But like, I'm, I, there are at least four, I'm positive. <laughs> uh, Fantastic. Jay Leno is like the tough guy. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know, it's weird. It's hard for, I think, people who have known Jay Leno for the last like 30 years yeah. to sort of divorce him from, from the Tonight Show. Yeah. Yeah. If you go back to what he was in the 80s, it maybe would have fit. Yeah, I can see that. I will say he was very nice. I worked with him once. Now he's a guy that just badly injures himself with his car collection every couple weeks. Yeah, yeah. He, like, he did just do that. Um, didn't he do well, that twice? Am I crazy? Uh, uh, I know he did it pretty recently. Yeah, he set himself – he like burned yeah. himself badly. Yeah. Jeez, poor guy. I hope he's, hope he's doing all right, especially if he's a nice guy. He was at least very nice yeah. the day – and like very low maintenance, shockingly low maintenance. That's cool. So, I've only got one more. Nice. Brian Reddy, who's playing Ross St. Clair, the jeweler. Yeah. He's the high talker in Seinfeld. Really? Yeah. Nice. Yeah. <laughs> he was in multiple episodes of Ghost Rider, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, mm -hmm. Providence, The Lot, Madam Secretary, and The Family. Mm -hmm. He's in the films What About Bob, Clean Slate, Outbreak, Casino, The Birdcage, Primal Fear, Dante's Peak, mm. Oh Brother Where Art Thou, wow. Lost Souls, and Envy. He's in one episode of the original series and one episode of the X-Files. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. 
Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, there's a very weird thing that this took me down. Because I started looking into human cloning and what sure. are the pros and cons of it. Essentially, because this episode obviously deals with cloning at least. Does it? Partially. <laughs> the, the thing with it, there's two kinds of main concepts in cloning. There's reproductive cloning and there's therapeutic cloning. Okay. So essentially, the difference is that reproductive cloning is the idea that you create a human from this genetic material that came from someplace else. Mm-hmm. Now, one issue with that is that you can't make a copy of a person. You're just making essentially a twin of them, right? Sure. And you know, twins have the same genetic material and they turn out to be different people, sometimes like wildly different people. I mean, look at the movie Twins. Which exactly. was a documentary. Exactly. Now, therapeutic cloning is when you're essentially like growing cells to then use them as stem cells. Mm-hmm. Well, the problem with both of them is that there's not only like ethical slash like regulatory hurdles to clear, but there's also just no kind of demonstrated reward that's worth the various expenses and pain in the ass risks that are involved. Sure. Because it'd be one thing to like clone a mammoth, right? Which people are working on doing. But cloning a human, again, you're just basically giving somebody a twin of their dead kid, which is potentially might work. Which is worth half a mil. Maybe. But anyways, (laughs) that quickly led me to another place because there is one, I'll call them an organization that claims to have cloned a human. It happened in 2002. The supposed child's name was Eve. Now, this group, it's formally known as the International Raelian Movement or Raelian Church. Well, you know they're legit then. It's a hierarchical UFO religion founded in the 1970s uh, in France by a man named Claude Aurelion, who's now known as Raël. Now, these people believe that an extraterrestrial species known as the Elohim created humanity as clones of the Elohim themselves using advanced technology in time immemorial. And they've been kind of visiting us ever since. And many of kind of our most well-known thinkers and prophets- This all tracks. Are Elohim human hybrids, including the Buddha, Jesus, Muhammad, Mm -hmm. people like that. Now, they also believe that in 1945, the atomic bombing of Hiroshima set in motion a kind of uh, apocalyptic age. Countdown, basically. Essentially, yeah. And I mean, it's a cult, so I'm assuming there's a countdown of some sort. Yeah. The Elohim are here. They're visiting us. But we are going to either destroy ourselves or we're going to like be better versions of ourselves. Sure. Now, just like you, I assume, oh, they're a weird cult. They're going to start murdering each other. They sound fucking awesome, Josh. Let me read some of their beliefs. <laughs> Okay. That, I, Are they secular alienists? Yeah, they're se- they, essentially yes. They're sexual. They're secular. Sexual, alienists. They're sexual alienists. 
<laughs> basically but they they, they yeah. believe in democracy they believe that essentially if are you trying to say that america doesn't believe in democracy Adam? yes but as long as you're not harming somebody it's uh, fine to do something sure. they say that doing drugs is not ideal because it harms your body but you're not going to like get like excommunicated for doing that they do have a strict ethical code for their followers they're expected to take responsibility for their own actions respect cultural and racial differences promote nonviolence strive for world peace, and share wealth and resources. They're also encouraged to uphold democracy in the belief that humanity will ultimately make a democratic choice to induce geniocracy, which is something that I didn't look into further. And everything is permitted so long as it harms no one and does not impede scientific and technological advance. Honestly, I want to find out if they've got a meeting hall here so I can go, you know, get beamed up and hang out with the, the fucking aliens. Yeah. <laughs> That's a weird hole to fall down, man. <laughs> yeah. Anyways, they are the only people to have claimed to have successfully cloned a human. But with alien technology, so it's cheating. And they have not actually produced any evidence that uh, anybody else can look into. So their claims are not taken particularly seriously. Right. And if they'd done it once, why wouldn't they do it again? Well, one would think. In the 21 years that have passed. They have quite a number of followers. Mostly it's in the Francophone region. So I think they're mostly based in Quebec these days, but they have a lot of followers in France and uh, parts of East Asia and parts of Africa as well. Oh, uh, what are you drinking, buddy? Oh yeah, we never talked about that. So my mother-in-law, bless her heart, she was here a couple weeks ago and my wife was like, yeah, go get us some beer. And she was like, what should I get? And Megan was like, I don't know, just get one of those variety packs. She manages to get a fucking variety pack. It's a 12-pack that has six drinkable beers. It's a Sierra Nevada variety pack. Mm-hmm. I'm forgetting what the other terrible beer was, but we drank that. It was like a citrusy white beer. that Celebration wasn't in it? I, they were all ones that it was not – they were not like typical Sierra Nevada ones. Okay. At least mine okay. not. So now I am drinking because it's been in my fridge for weeks at this point and we're very low on beers and I – just I'm biting the bullet. I'm drinking their wild little thing, slightly sour ale, which is not terrible. It's not Yeah, like, it's not awful. I've had it before. It's just not like it's not actually sour enough, if I remember correctly. It's just sort of like lightly sour. Well, that's kind of the thing. It's kind of in between. Yeah. Which means that it's not like a it's sour not beer. Thing. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's also it's not nothing. a beer. <laughs> it's it's kind of like hard kombucha, but it's not even that sour. It's just it's it's fine. Whatever. I'm sipping it, so it's fine for that. How about yeah. yourself, Josh? What are you drinking? From Toppling Goliath, I've got a tall boy of the King Sue. Big snake. Is that it's a dinosaur? A... Oh, that's a T Rex. Well, yeah, it's a Field Museum tie-in. So nice. Sue is the Tyrannosaurus Rex skeleton at the Field Museum. Nice. Max does a good uh, T-Rex impersonation. Of Mark Bolin? (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) Okay, cool. (laughs) He's more into their early work. He's a Tyrannosaurus Rex. Yeah, Tyrannosaurus Rex, not T-Rex, yeah. So, yeah, it's a a double hazy IPA. Mm, Nice. It's got a 100 rating on Beer Advocate. Nice. If you want to uh, <laughs> lament your uh, lot in life tonight. So I'm not drinking two of these. I'm going to drink another. I have a better oh, yeah. beer in there. Yeah. <laughs> I'll drink this <laughs> or I'll switch to whiskey or something. Yeah. Okay. My first note. These cops, man. The second one's on the scene. Did you see them running with their guns and flashlights? Like, did you yes. Did you really take it in? I did. I did. And nothing about any of the cops that respond to this gives me confidence. But these two cops don't pass for runners. Cops. 
or human beings. (laughs) Okay, so I know it's a prop gun. I know it doesn't probably weigh as much as a real gun does, most likely, right? But who runs with their gun up, like, above their shoulders? (laughs) The gun and flashlight are up here. They're running with their hands above their shoulders. There's no universe where these cops aren't shooting random bystanders, like, on a daily basis. And and not not random bystanders. We're talking about randos, like, six stories up in an apartment building. Yeah, It is... Utter lunacy. I've never seen anything like this. When you watched yeah. this, if you did not take this in, go back and watch the first 30 seconds of this episode. They run hilariously. <laughs> Everything about – so there's like what – there's the, so these two cops coming into this scene and then there are the two cops that are walking out. These are the out. Keystone cops and the other cops were in a shootout that accidentally shot somebody. <laughs> Thankfully, she was already dead. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> Luckily for all involved, she was already dead dead <laughs> oh my god uh wild sequence loved it loved it but not for professional reasons <laughs> at all <laughs> i mean okay so i get i mean they got like, this guy in uniform and it's just like you know they have two takes and these guys maybe have one take it's just like no we're done sorry you're gonna look like shit on screen but it's not on us nobody cares like yeah, yeah. <laughs> i mean we do we love it but we care but like yeah, was Hargitay or Maloney on screen? Nobody cares. Yeah, it's a cold open. Whatever. Yeah. So then, then Liv it, and Elliot catch the call. Yeah, well, they show up. And behind them, oh yeah, I can see exactly where we uh-huh. are. So we are actually on uh, the block of East 7th Street in the East Village between 3rd and 2nd Avenue. Now, I was just down there today. I was on- Is that Burmese joint there? No. So, I figured it out a lot. So, this was Village Mingala that was there, a Burmese restaurant. Uh-huh. It closed in 2010. It had a uh, Upper East Side sister restaurant, Cafe Mingala, which sadly closed in 2016. At the time, it was the only Burmese restaurant in the city. Now, in the last two years, there has been a renaissance of Burmese food in town. And now there's a bunch of them. Apparently, it's delightful. There's some like Manhattan ones, but I want to go out to this mall in Queens and get some Burmese bites at a stall. I've got a a good eater article about what Burmese food is and if you are in the tri-state area where you can find it if anybody's interested in that. But no, sadly, it's gone. I didn't walk down 7th today. I was on 9th and I was on St. Mark's, which is 8th. So I did not walk over there, but it looked to me just from, from Street View like it is an empty storefront at the moment. That sucks. Yeah. My uncle was in Burma for a while. Nice. Yeah. We don't have diplomatic relations with them, so he was not the ambassador. He was the highest ranked uh, U.S. official there, though. He was the sergeant affairs. We did for a minute, though, right? When, I don't uh, think so. Okay. When Aung San Suu Kyi was the president? Maybe we did. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. I mean... Of course, that's when they did the genocide while sure. she was president, so... Uh-huh. Your idols are all bad. Mm. <laughs> we did genocide under Abraham Lincoln, too. Yeah. <laughs> Anyways. That the world is burning is kind of <laughs> deserved, probably. Well, yeah. Mankind is bad. It Oftentimes. does a lot of bad things. Oftentimes. But mankind <sighs> also 
It comes up with cool binds fourteen year old girls and uh, binds them to a, a, a table and lets cockroaches bite them. Yeah, lets them stay there for so long that roaches start eating them. Yeah, really gross. Really gross. First time you watch it, you see like, oh man, what happened to that poor girl? She got brutalized. You figure their cigarette burns or whatever, but you don't have to see them knowing that they're cockroaches. Second time is no, not so much worse. Second time, so much so, worse. Yeah, so much worse. Uh huh. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so we quickly get to this infinity bullshit, and mm. it's exactly as stupid as everything that came out of keith ranieri's mouth yeah oh yeah big time i'm i'm shocked that lang doesn't have his girls playing volleyball honestly yeah or at least badminton like they would have been in the other svu episode <laughs> yeah lang thinks stablers could stand to go longer in the sack what exactly do you treat them for you're what early 40s right detective late 30s why do you ever feel that your stamina is declining that you don't have the energy you used to or that you lost your edge? No, but let's say that I was. Well, then I'd put you on a course of human growth hormone and testosterone therapy. I guarantee you'd be a new man in the squadron, not to mention the bedroom. <laughs> he sure does. <laughs> that, that happened. <laughs> they go over his educational bona fides. He went to Stanford and Yale. Yeah. Dipshit cult leaders come from anywhere. Look past the institution. Mm-hmm. Lots of fucking morons went to Harvard. Of course. Yeah. Lots of shitheads went to Yale. Oh, lots of shitheads went to Yale. Yeah. <laughs> Legacies are a thing, people. Mm-hmm. Lots of fucking jagoffs can get into these schools. Now, Munch is considering getting some HGH treatments. Which, sure. Uh... <laughs> sure. I like the sort of like twist on the dynamic where Finn is playing the skeptic to Munch's open-minded. Yeah. like Embrace of something. New wave bullshit. Mm-hmm. It's always fun when you get that flipped a little bit. Now, according to Dr. Megan, because I was watching this the first time with her, uh-huh. there's quite a bit of REI talk in this one, at least at times, that's reproductive endocrinology and infertility, which is... Okay ostensibly what lang does at least what he studied in Mm -hmm. school and when they're like up hormoning these kids to inject them with his sperm that's kind of what's going on there yeah everything was totally plausible and passed Uh the smell test for her which didn't surprise me that's why i didn't look into it that much but i was like hey megan does this shit make sense? And she was like, yeah, it makes sense. I mean, Bear we, we both his, know that Neil Bear was a was doctor. Was a doctor and did his research, which yeah. makes sense. Yeah. yeah. You have to get to season one or season or, you know. Yeah, season Bear one or like beyond that. Yeah. <laughs> beyond one 13. or 18, 19, 20. <laughs> yeah, 19 and 20, nothing, <laughs> yeah. to take nothing for granted. Yeah. The medical shit's usually going to pass the smell test in yeah. seasons two through 12. 100%. Yeah. So sludge blood doesn't sound like very much fun. <laughs> Sounds like a good band name, though, for the for the right kind sure, of band. Yeah, you know, like a thick stoner metal kind of thing. You know, like, well, uh, I was thinking that it would help if, like, it's a metal band, but they're all actually anemic. They all have iron deficiency or something like that. Yeah, I could see that. Yeah. I could see them opening up for Texas at some really shitty bar. Like a desert <laughs> metal band would yeah, work yeah, too. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> so a 14-year-old being stimulated to shed 12 eggs at a time is not gross at all, right? Yeah, not at all. Especially when we find when we find out that she's also got a fucking bun in the oven. Yeah. Dope. Really cool. <laughs> Oh, God. Of course, all these girls were consenting to it, which is... Consenting, air quotes. Again, I did very minor research on this. I mean, I know that it's, like, legally true. But the thing that's different, But they can't consent to in vitro, right? They can't consent to having, yeah, IVF from this doc 
doctor who is presenting it under false pretenses. Like, it's... Sure. Well, they're not even getting the treatment under their real names, you know, because that would fucking... Exactly. fucking red flags. And let's get to that, right? Because Jessica... (sighs) I mean, there are so many things about this whole fucking hustle that is, is like, (laughs) utter not... Like, it does not make any sense. But if you're, like, a... What is she supposed to be? Like, a 14-year-old girl, right, Jessica? I can't remember if she's 14 or 15, but in that window. Somewhere in there. Yeah. There's no 14, 15-year-old girl in, what is this, 2006 that is... No, this is No, it's not. It's just way earlier than that. It's 2003. That is, like... Yeah, this family that named me Marjorie is now my family, and they're cool, and I want to live. No with them one all would the take time. that Marjorie name without. <laughs> and I say this: my grandmother was named Marjorie, but it is like not a name that anybody thinks is cool for at least a hundred years. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> at least. Yeah. <laughs> all right. So then we get the Foundation for Knowledge Expansion yeah. is applying to be a charitable organization and tax exempt. Yeah. And so when they go and stick it out, we get the other kidnapping victim, Jessica. Yeah. And then they keep going on to this for infinite potential. And mm-hmm. like all of this infinite potential bullshit is like really irritating to me. It's pretty tedious. Yeah. Yeah. Because it's, again, it's it's just like so telegraphed everything like, yeah. you know, like tattoos and stuff. But uh, we don't get any like fun cult shit, right? It's not like. Yeah, no branding. Yeah. Well, there's not like a weird sex aspect to it. Well, He's not yeah, that's to, the yeah. biggest like, okay, there's no way this guy, this cult leader. Because, I mean, that is what he is. Yes. There's no way this fucker would not be getting his rocks off. Uh, but the fact that he's not, right, is an opportunity to make it even weirder, right? Like, make them space communists that are waiting for sentient dolphins to come impregnate us or something, you know? Like, something like that. That's awesome. How do we not walk in on him boning his lawyer? <laughs> There was probably a version of that in the script, and she was like, this guy, nah, nah, nah. <laughs> I'm a countess. <laughs> I mean, yeah, everybody wanted that. Now- <laughs> Yeah. Uh, okay, so why would he target? It seems like they're exclusively targeting Runaways. wealthy to upper middle class girls, though. That's another thing. They're, they're getting them to run away, and doesn't it seem like that would make their missing persons cases so much more high profile? Right, exactly. And also, like- Targeting upper middle class girls and their families seems to me like it's like the gravy train, right? Uh-huh. Like the gravy train is get, skimming the money from them. And then you invest that money into impregnating and doing weird experiments on- On like, poor ch- runaways. Yeah, pores that you yeah. dig out of the gutter. Like every other fucking corporation and business and fucking exploitative Ex- entity tries to do. Yes, exactly. They exploit the pores. Like it's you just ex- the angle doesn't make you, sense You, you exploit both ends of it. So you take the money yeah, yeah, from the rich. Yeah, you take the money from the rich. But yeah, the rich exploit- idiots that are that like infinite potential. Ooh, that's- But you, you know, exploit the human- capital yes exactly mm-hmm. yeah that makes so much more sense to me i mean we're so cynical that that <laughs> we're we're thinking like <laughs> that we're like no we would do this this way <laughs> no see, they talked about how they made him take like personality tests so i have well, a... no that was just wong hypothesizing oh that. that's they right never wong follow was it up. they never picked that up i wanted I... to see the personality test right now so i have a, a little personal anecdote from that because when i was in high school me and one of my friends were walking down the drag in austin on guadalupe mm-hmm. and there's a Scientology church there. When Jet Travolta died, we were going to drop flowers there for him. <laughs> nice. But they'd always ask you, do you like to read? And one time my friend and I, like, as a dare to each other, were like, yes, we do like to read. And so we went in and we started taking their personality <laughs> test. And, yeah. like, I totally was, like, wanted to do more, but it was really long. Like, hundreds of questions. Hundreds yeah. of questions. So we both looked at each other, waited for a moment where we were alone. What and was their off. name for it? Did they call it inventory? What it, it, there's, there's a specific 
specific name that Scientologists have for that entry uh, questionnaire? Yeah, I don't remember. It was on a green. It was like it yeah. was like a multiple choice green sheet of paper. Like you had, to, it was like a scantron. Uh, that you had to bubble in and we both looked at each other and we're like fuck let's get the fuck out of here it did kind of plant in my mind i had this caper kind of plotted where i was gonna steal the bust of l ron hubbard and put it on top of a moon tower but but then that would have taken work prudence got the better part of valor (laughs) because not only would it have taken i would assume that laziness got the better part of valor but (laughs) yeah but also you know the old concept that i don't feel like you know having the scientologist legal team track me down and destroy my life <laughs> so yeah, but also definitely laziness because I had <laughs> there. There's a really good so uh, there's an episode. It's so long ago, but uh, Harris Whittles was on. You made it weird. Okay, the Pete Holmes podcast, and he talks about like actually going into the Scientology Center because he, he his girlfriend was trying to get him to become a Scientologist. Oh, Obviously, weird. this is very old because he died in like twenty what. 14 he went or to uh, my sister in law's high school. Just a little bit of, ahead of her. R.I.P. I miss yeah. that dude. He was so fucking funny. So they clear out the brownstone mm-hmm. and <laughs> Benson tells them to get all the dirt. It's like so obvious that it's going to be cleared out too, right? But her like, her like get all the dirt, get, get all every speck dirt. of dirt. It's nonsense. Like <laughs> that, whatever. So then Wong goes with them to the lawyers and we instantly get- If I'm the CSU techs, honestly, I'm offended. I'm like, what? I don't do my job normally. I don't get you evidence normally. Yeah. I'm not normally going to get you all the dirt. <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, Wong goes with them to the lawyer's office yeah. and he takes Lang takes over. Mm-hmm. I will say that Laura Herring's Swiss Texican accent always trips me out. It's a, it's such it's, a weird it's accent. It's a very weird accent. <laughs> it's going in a lot it, of dark- it doesn't sound like any of the things that she is. Certain words she says do sound like somebody with a Spanish accent but mm-hmm. that speaks English fluently. The certain yeah. words she says, but not but all of them. Others don't. And others it's very don't. strange yes. where like it's really hard to wrap your head around like mm-hmm. how all of the languages are like it's a melting pot. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> her, her mouth is a melting pot. <laughs> <laughs> then we uh, get talk of love bombing. I wish it was more her episode, honestly. Just Laura Heron? Yeah, yeah, she was underused criminally. Yeah, because I think she's a good actress and, I mean, Jesus Christ, gorgeous. What makes you say that? <laughs> um, <laughs> I don't know how Dick Wolf didn't make her an ADA on one of his series. I just don't understand how that's oh, possible. Oh, I think there was basically like, she had no suction, no traction. She was only in bad things. And then like, she did Mulholland Drive and was too famous for a little bit well too she was too like highbrow to do that yeah yeah Yeah, that makes sense yeah i think there's no real window where it would have made sense yeah that makes sense it seems absolutely nuts that these missing girls would have all been picked out of knowledge builder centers and that no one would have caught on to this before this it does seem like because they're all high profile kidnapping victims correct me if i'm wrong but i think the fbi just like databases of crimes right (laughs) especially high profile kidnappings Uh or you know kid disappearances things like that that's that's kind of the fbi's milieu Uh wouldn't you instantly like maybe the third maybe not the second but the third girl that goes missing that's Mm -hmm. connected to one of these huh that's weird yeah that seems like a strange coincidence this thing that sounds fake and bizarre uh is connected (laughs) to all of these girls weird (laughs) of course the fbi is all 
they're all Mormons, so they're kind of kind of believe in that shit. <laughs> I mean, they're all trying to kidnap the next Elizabeth Smart. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Kendersky says, I don't like your insinuation, detective, uh, when he says that they probably had something to do with all these girls going missing. Newsflash, they did. Mm. And he says, Now, why are you here? She attended this center right before she disappeared last year. Just like this girl vanished right outside of Philly. I don't like your insinuation, detective. I don't like liars, Miss Kendersky. Which uh, was a funny line. And he, he, like, delivered it in a funny way. Yeah. She tries to insist that Langster's an investor, which obviously doesn't, doesn't make any pass sense the smell test. Yeah. Then we find out. Of course, nothing about Lang passes the smell test, right? No. <laughs> no. But then we find out that he's going to save the world. He is. And Jessica tells us that UV rays are going to make everyone sterile because the ozone is disappearing. It Didn't the ozone come back? It did. It came back, like, yeah. I think, before this happened. I don't remember the I exact thought that it did, too, ozone, but, but I could be, I could be misremembering yeah. when the ozone had rebounded, but mm-hmm. whatever. So UV rays are going to make everyone sterile because the ozone is not disappearing. Yeah. Uh, then, that cloning living cells is the only way for the species to survive. And that this 14-year-old girl is one of the mothers of the future, carrying a air quotes clone of a couple's dead child. So one of the things that Dr. Lang can tell us is that if you have an optimistic vision of the future, you can get people to believe in your cause. You don't have to be like the Democratic Party and constantly shit on things and tell you that everything's bad and then say, give us money. Slide aside. (laughs) Just believe that you can clone people and it'll happen. He does pull off this insane confidence belief in himself. You could be a mother of the future, Josh. <laughs> He's Darwin Christ MD, which is amazing. <laughs> so then Cragen goes a little too far with throwing a Mengele comp on him, I think. Yeah, it's that it's not quite fair to put that comp on him. Because I mean there's been plenty of like I think when it's warranted, you can use the Nazi comp. I don't have a problem with the Nazi comp. Yeah, but, but this is This is that. not that. I mean, this no. is weird and gross, but it's not like nightmarish experimentation on living uh, humans like yeah. uh, it's not nightmare shit no, no. <laughs> Mengele's nightmare shit really this bad is, <laughs> this is fucking weird and pretty fucked up but like mm-hmm. not world historical nightmare shit now one problem megan did have my my wife the obgen yeah. did have with the uh, doctor stuff in this is that when they go to arrest dr lang uh-huh He's doing some kind of laparoscopic surgery on the girl. I think we're meant to believe that he's implanting a, a fertilized egg. Exactly. And what, as Megan pointed out to me... Though I guess he could be harvesting them too, right? Well, either way, there's no reason for him to either be inserting his jizz laparoscopically or extracting eggs laparoscopically. Because as she puts it, like women have a built-in handy port to access those things, you go up vaginally. I know, but I think he's keeping this all above board. But still- He's fertilizing the eggs with his sperm, but not. But you, you'd still use tools to do that. Well, he's pulling 12 eggs out, though, at a time, because he's yeah. got them on- He's got them on- Yes, like but he's you doing can do that. You can go, you know, vaginally to do- You can access everything vaginally. And not only is it- That's what she said. Easier, but it is also much safer for the patient because you don't have to heal scars- you could arrest that motherfucker right there. You don't have to wait until he pulls out the instruments. Anyways. I wonder if the image of him being all up in there mm-hmm. on a teenage girl. It, like, it, it could take I wonder pass, if it was an S&P, S&P issue. <laughs> because he would be like under, like there would be like a, you know, I some know, sort of tent 
Yeah. <laughs> and they were like, it's it's too similar to the urethra milking. <laughs> we, which, <laughs> there's a lot there's a lot of courtroom man. There one. is. My notes are gonna go pretty quick here. Yes. Um, okay, so Elliot says, Now what about Samantha's fetus? This is to Warner. Mm-hmm. Now what about Samantha's fetus? I mean, you're not gonna tell us that that's the clone of some family's dead child, are you? Warner responds. Until someone proves otherwise, that's science fiction. Yeah. Which people have proved otherwise. Uh, I think Uh they're living in Quebec right now. It's a very interesting (laughs) society. I can give you more information. Maybe I have some pamphlets. Maybe like some reading materials. Apparently, they've been attempting to build a uh, a landing platform for the Elohim spaceship that'll welcome them to Earth. They tried to do it in Israel, but the Israeli government would not grant them access to land to do such a thing. So, so Jessica's incredulous that the father of her child is Lang. Yeah. I don't know how she didn't think he would be, but I love that he paints himself as a visionary when it seems pretty clear he's a fucking dope. Yeah, that's it's just a weird character, right? Because... Either he's like a fraud or a visionary or an idiot, right? Mm-hmm. But he's kind of all three at the same time, and it doesn't quite make sense. Yeah, he sense. can't be all of them at the same time. No, no, yeah. no, it doesn't. There's there's a lot of insanity, because then we're meant to believe that he was he, – he says that he was on one of the first teams that successfully cloned a cat. Yeah. Does that mean that he was at Texas A&M? Maybe. Texas A&M had teamed up with Genetic Savings and Clone, Inc. Mm, Get it? Savings yeah, I like clone. that. He was probably with – Savings and clone. <laughs> yeah, sure. Genetic, genetic savings and clone. Um, and uh, they That's cloned. That's terrible. I've never heard of a, like a, a harsher indictment of capitalism than the fact that like we're letting something that names themselves a bad pun about yeah, a dumb uh, financial product. Sure. <laughs> clone yeah. living creatures. Jesus Christ. So they cloned a cat named Rainbow, mm-hmm. and its clone was called CC, which either stands for copycat. Mm. Or carbon copy. Yeah. Now, Cece mm-hmm. looked nothing like Rainbow. Really? Not much of a clone there. See, there you go. But Cece did live to be 18. Died nice. in 2021. It's so. a pretty good run for it. I mean, that's not and a, that had happened before this. That had happened in 2002. That's not an exceptional run for a cat, but that's a good run. A solid run. I mean, 18 yeah. years is a long time. That, yeah. if, if I think if a cat makes it past 15. Yeah, that's a good run for a cat. I mean, you hear about cats that get to like 30. Yeah, but 15-year-old cat's an old cat. Mm-hmm. They don't do anything after they turn 15. They're a sack of yeah. skin and bones, basically. Sure, but right. sometimes they stick around. Yeah, they'll scratch you basically <laughs> go no. okay so how insane is this promise to families to these families these families who are giving up to half a million dollars that we know of like how insane is this promise well, and, and then when you can't deliver on the clone it's like oh well here have this seat warming baby it's mine okay it's one thing to like defraud these people but then uh-huh. he's going through with it because it's like the baby they're gonna get it's not gonna look like there. Like, nope. It's going to look like him, and he's a very weird-looking guy, right? Like, yeah. there's no yeah. way around that. Well, it's the glasses make him look weird. If you were watching him as queer as folk, you'd be like, oh, I get it. <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> okay, so he tries to throw Haggerty under the bus, and it's mm-hmm. all bullshit. Yeah. Still, the craziest thing about all of this is that he's not actually fucking the teen girls. <laughs> like, I, I, I just do not believe this. <laughs> I don't buy this angle at all. Well, it's like... 
Okay, A, he's not fucking the teen girls, but also B, he actually does think- I'm not saying he should want to. No, I'm no, not no. Saying I'm saying he Josh, should want to. This, this, this is yeah. a bunch of my Benson listeners. Hopefully you guys have listened to us before. The, yeah. the, it, it's ludicrous that he A, isn't doing that on an episode of SVU, but yeah. also yeah. B- This person on an SVU would be doing that. That he like legitimately thinks that he's doing like the right thing through this, right? That he's not just like if he was. And we know he believes that because he gets hauled out of court yelling about it. Well, he's it. screaming about it, right? Like this entire trial is out of order. He pulls one of those, yeah. which is a good sign that mm-hmm. maybe you should rewrite that a little bit. If, uh, if you're, if you're, I'm out of order. You're out of order. Uh, if you're Robert F. Campbell and uh, Jonathan Green. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. And Jonathan Green's written a lot of bangers, but Yeah. So we get Jessica on stand scrunching up her nose a lot. Oh, I'm I've moved so far past that. <laughs> I, I did enjoy that. I have I two did, notes left. I enjoyed the nose scrunching. That's all I got. Sure. Okay, good. <laughs> um L- Trevor Langan's hair is intense. It is really he has a good mullet going in this uh he's got a lot going on. It's one. not fully a mullet though, because his hair is pretty long on top too. It's just long everywhere. Yeah, it's definitely uh hair makeup was like dude. When was the last time you went to the barber? He's like, I don't know. Ask my future wife because yeah. they're not married yet. Mm. So they flip Paula. She testifies against Lang, confirming everything we suspected. Mm. He does the fragile male cult leader thing when his followers don't just blindly do what he told them to and yeah. throws a fit like a petulant child. Yeah. And we get our dick wolf. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I think we can rank this episode, Josh. For sure. So, of course, every week we rank these episodes. We have our own possibly unique... Proprietary. Yeah, not not yet patented. Four criteria, ten-point scale, that we use to rank these against all the other episodes of this show. We uh, rank on the overall quality, the guests therein, how problematic the episode was, and the depth and breadth of lives ruined. We're coming up with a composite score... Now, Josh, overall quality, for me, it's hard to divorce the first watch, well, the second watch from the first watch, because yeah. first watch, I kind of enjoyed this episode. Yeah. I thought that Lang was a big enough of a creep that it made it fun. The second time I watched it, though, I found it difficult to pay attention. I agree. Now, I didn't have to write the recap, so my investment was a little bit lower, possibly, but it was tough for me to care very much at all. Unless the poor victim's cockroach bitten arms were on screen. <laughs> Which was very gross. <laughs> like, the first time, I think it's pretty fun. Mm-hmm. I'm inclined to go five on it. I think that's fine. I was going to say four. But I think we're penalizing it a lot more for how boring the second time is. I think you're probably right. So, okay. I think if we're only looking at it first time, I think we'd both be pretty comfortable with a five and maybe even talk about going to a six. Yeah. I'm inclined to just say five. I'm fine with that. No, the guests. So I'll, I'll say I was a little surprised to find out that Barbara Berry was nominated for an Emmy for this. I don't think she was bad, but it's not one of those like loud. It's not like Aunt Margaret. But is it a legacy Emmy? You know what I mean? Like, oh, she's had a a, a long and storied career. And so we want to throw an Emmy her way just because, or at least an Emmy nod well, It's just her a way. nomination. I, yeah. Uh, yeah, I don't know. It's strange. Because I don't think she'd had, she just didn't have that much to do. Well, and that's sort of the other, like, it's not that I think she was bad because I don't think she was. No. But she doesn't have that much to do. And like, if you look at the difference between like, say this or Anne Margaret, because Anne Margaret was Emmy nominated for her turn too. Yeah. I think Anne Margaret, it makes more sense. 
Yeah, and Margaret got to go really big. Yeah. Like, and yeah. that was awesome. And, uh, and Barbara Berry was doing, like, nuanced character work. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Which, was, I mean, I, I can respect, but I'm I'm just – it's not the loud sort of bellowing performance that you assume you're going to get from an Emmy-nominated performance. Yeah, on, anyway, on this whatever. show too, like, right? Like, yeah. we want the fun guests to be nominated for stuff, right? <laughs> we want the Stamoses to get an Emmy nod, not, <laughs> not these kind of roles. Which – it's an important role in the show. It's not the role in this episode. No, no. Or like, okay, so let's let's go to Marley Matlin. Yeah. You know, Matlin gets nominated for either her season four. I can't remember when the one we saw is, but she was nominated in the one before that. Yeah. The, the first it, one. She's in it we so saw, much more. Yeah. yeah. We saw the we saw the second episode of her character. Mm-hmm. But her first episode was like, because I've seen that one yeah. pretty recently. You get it. You, she's got a lot to do. Yeah. You know, it's not just a legacy nomination. Yeah, exactly. So, I don't know. I agree with you. That's kind of weird. So, I think Gail Harold was very good. Yes. I thought he was very good. And I thought I thought the episode works at all yeah. because of him. I think, I think the reason Absolutely. we're getting to a five is because mm-hmm. he was actually quite good in it. Yes. And I'm never going to complain about Laura Herring being in something. No, absolutely not. I mean, not to be a shallow asshole. Male, <laughs> but, um, I mean, she's easy on the eyes. Now, the thing is, <laughs> and it, it's another complaint they, I have she, about. She just doesn't have anything to do. It's another complaint I have about the episode is that I think they're setting it up like she's being manipulated by this guy, too. Uh, and it really doesn't play out that way. It just plays out like she's. An attorney for No, it, it does. It sort of does. When they go to the office, it seems pretty obvious that that's happening, but they don't pay it off. But it doesn't pay off in a way that it ought to, like it did in the last cult episode that we watched, mm-hmm. which I'm blanking on the name of that one. Oh, that was a credo. That's the, the one I have to... Uh, You're editing, right? Yeah, now. that's the one I have to edit this week. In a credo, the lawyer was being manipulated and they ended up twisting the lawyer against mm-hmm. the cult leader. Yeah. I think this... There was a lot more payoff there. Yeah, absolutely. I'm inclined mm-hmm. to say that I think we should drop quality to a four because I think the guests are pretty good. Give guests okay. a, a Give seven. Give guests a seven. Yeah. I'm fine with that. Okay. So we got a four for quality, seven for guests. Because okay. I do think, you know, oh, whatever. The the child actress, she was She's maybe fine. was asked to do like – the nose scrunching was a little ridiculous, but she was fine. Whatever. And, I mean, we do have to give mad props to the cops in the open. <laughs> the, the, <laughs> Speaking of which. The directors uh, were probably going, we should part. probably take some props away from these cops. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so problematic. Um, <laughs> Starting with their uniforms. <laughs> uh, roach bites. Uh, bad cops. Hilariously bad cops. <laughs> the cold open delivers. The cold open really delivers. But does the episode? Because the episode, again, we've we've hit this time and time again. Why don't you just have them sleeping with them? Like, you've set up this whole elaborate cult. Yeah. You can still have them be brainwashed to think that they are the mothers of the future and that they're, like, saving humanity through this. So, I, I think his his governing cult ideology is really funny to me yeah <laughs> in, in a in a positive way uh-huh. I'm, I'm pretty into that because of how ridiculous it is but still it just i mean they are like he is knocking up 14 year olds he is but with <laughs> but in a clean way in a consensual way as, as <laughs> but the, i mean this is he, he's found the most fucked up way to it's, knock it is a fucked up old. loophole right it's a loophole yeah because cabot's like well we can't charge him for this 
They're consenting. I mean, the gymnastics that they're going through to knock up 14-year-olds legally <laughs> by an adult male is is kind of admirable. So you do have to kind of like – it's almost like a challenge episode, right? Yeah. Like I think yeah. the writer's room was going, okay, guys, everybody come to me with three ideas of how – and You've cracked a, the code. You know how this episode happens. A 40-year-old man <laughs> yep. can, can knock up a 14-year-old legally. <laughs> yep. Okay, give me your best shot. Uh, <laughs> uh, okay, so that's good. I like that. I think it's like a six. Yeah, I think it's a six. That stuff is all fun. It's not wildly over the top or anything. No. Now, no. The, the cockroach bites are very gross. Yeah, that's gross. And we get to... Maybe it's grosser on the second rewatch than the first, because it kind of goes by you on the first time you see them. But anyways, last category, depth and breadth of lives ruined. Now, we have a dead girl and her parents. Yeah. We have a whole host of girls who have been convinced to... Well, I guess I don't remember how many. Five that we know of. Okay. Who have been coerced to run away and come live in this brownstone. Not even coerced, conned. Well, brainwashed. Yeah. But they are true believers. It's the only family they've ever had besides yeah. their other families. That or so they keep saying. Seem to love and support them. I mean, I think there's Paula Haggerty too. Oh, yeah, Paula Haggerty. She's lumped in with that because of her dead daughter yeah. in the brainwashing. And Laura Herring. She had the infinity tattoo at least, right? Was that ever established? I can't remember. I think so. I know Kendersky had it. I know Kendersky oh, had that's it. Right. And yeah. I know Paul Haggerty had it. So I don't know, man. Five? Yeah, I mean it's hard to get past like You can't go much the, lower than five with no, a dead because girl. you've got the dead fourteen year old. Uh-huh. And I mean that she went through so much to die. It's pretty gross. Yeah, it's pretty it's, awful stuff. It's yeah. pretty bad. It's it's bad. And we're we're meant to wallow in that for a while. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think it's I, I mean, think that, it's hard to go lower than a five. You could convince me that because of that, it's worth going higher, but I just don't feel like besides that- I'm, I'm with you. It's all kind of like, well, you got duped. Oh, well. That's kind of where I'm at. <sighs> Obviously, it's super gross that he's like preying on fucking 14, mm-hmm. 15 year olds or whatever. Like, that's super gross. I just, I don't know how well it lands to go past a five, you know? Because they didn't... We only talk with one of the girls. I know. And if they just made him like a creep, like in a like a lecherous way, all of a uh-huh. sudden... If, if we find out that he's actually fucking them. Yeah. And all of a sudden, like mm-hmm. between his performance and how gross this cult setup is, like it jumps... All of these categories yeah, jumps but a it, lot. It, but it takes, it takes this weird medical out, you know? Like, mm-hmm. it's like, oh, if it's clinical, it's not as gross. Yeah. Uh, maybe it should have been. Anyways, that gives us a 5.5. I mean, for, for our purposes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> absolutely absolutely yeah. um that gives us a composite score of 5.5 which yeah it's all right it's not great it's not especially memorable which is i think maybe the worst sin right well no i promise you the worst sin is undiscovered country <laughs> but at least we remember those ones right we remember asunder i would prefer to not remember either <laughs> of those <laughs> uh, but josh i think it is time to press the button and see what the randomizer gives us indeed I should note that the randomizer was built for this podcast by a friend of the show, Flett. It's episode.lol. You can use it for all kinds of stuff. If you watch a show that's not serialized and you don't want to just watch it from beginning to end because you'll get like bogged down in Kim Rollins' backstory stuff, yeah. press the randomizer button for that show and you'll watch uh-huh. something random. It's a really good way to watch, like, say- I want a random Frasier or I want a random yeah, Cheers. absolutely. Get, or get, Seinfeld. Watching Cheers from front to back each season is interminable. 
But you watch a random Fuck, Cheers. Once you get to when you get to Shelley Long's last season, what season four? Yeah, that season's brutal if you're watching it back. Like straight exactly, back. but you watch a random one and it's fun, and you remember why you like those yeah. characters. Maybe you want to see a Vincent D'Onofrio CI. You just press the randomizer yeah. button a yeah. couple times. Yeah. Something crazy is happening. But yeah, episode LOL built for the pot by Flat. Mm-hmm. Flat also obviously yeah. co-created Cinequote.net. Absolutely. Daily movie quote quiz game with audio clips. Mm-hmm. Super fun. Test your knowledge of stars' voices. Which is I fucking really got said. Maleficent, Ooh. which I've not seen <laughs> on the first guess. Wow. <laughs> and you can't really tell that it's Angelina Jolie. Yeah, wow. Like, I'm not spoiling it for anyone, because by the time this drops, it'll it's be like well past. What was it? Context clues with... Uh... I just, I was like, why would this be said here? Mm. Uh, Maleficent. And I got it. Ooh, nice. Good work. I've been nailing the Sunday hard ones, too. I've got a couple of those in one. There was a Thin Man one. Uh, Ooh, like a few nice. Sundays ago, nice. and I fucking nailed it. Yeah, you got that one. <laughs> so, heading over to episode.lol, mm-hmm. the tape is spinning. Bill and Ted hate this shit. They're not happy. <laughs> and we've landed season 16. Mm-hmm. Episode 20. Daydream Believer. Josh, give us the bad news. This is the third episode in a Chicago crossover mm-hmm. production. Sure is. Adam and I have already dealt with this because we're about to record the next episode, but the joint investigation between SVU and Chicago PD moves to a new location where their rape and murder suspect kidnaps Nadia Dakotas from her Chicago precinct and takes her to New York City. This is the first Gregory Yates mm-hmm. installment saga, whatever. It's more than two hours of TV that you're watching. And of course, my knowledge, the one Chicago stuff is only on Peacock. So I have to watch it with ads. Yeah. So it was like, it was more like two and a half hours. Yep. Charitably. Uh, It's a lot. But at least you've got Peacock for Poker Face. Yeah. No, no. There's things I like on Peacock, but. Yeah. (sighs) This isn't one of them. (laughs) A lot of Jason Baker. Lots of Jason Baker. Lots. But that's for next week. For now, though, guys, rate and review the podcast on whichever uh, app you choose. If you're enjoying it, give us a five-star rating and give us a little review. It helps us a lot. Also, if you're sick of hearing ads, which I totally get, you don't have to. You can join our Patreon. We have two tiers. One just gets you the full back catalog ad-free. The other one for a couple bucks extra gets you some extra stuff. You get these episodes a week early, unedited. So you probably, in this one, make it, I don't know, 15, 20 minutes of extra content. Some weeks you're getting more like 50 minutes of extra content. Yeah. It was over 50 minutes for episode yeah. 149. Yeah. So some is of that, that stuff just dropped. Yeah, that's the one. The That one had so much fun content that yeah. it was just like, I mean, there's the whole Dan Harmon story was cut entirely. Oh, damn. Okay. All of it. Yeah. I cut it from the public version, but uh, that's really fun. Yeah, it's fun well, stuff. Yeah. It's worth it's worth listening. If to you that if stuff. you want to listen to me making yeah. an ass out of myself, mm-hmm. <laughs> um, join our Patreon. Yeah, we also have movie episodes. This one will be the episode that drops right after our next movie club episode, or yeah, which we have still not drawn. Which we have not drawn yet, because but it will be a Bowser movie. We are going to let the munchies decide which. Yep. Belzer film we watch, and we have uh, a couple Belzer I films. I need to put that up as a poll. <laughs> we're uh, moving around there. Mm-hmm. And so, if you want to join, actually, this will drop way too late for you to join. But, anyways, this one will have yeah, dropped. To, to have a say in that, but yeah. based on the Munchies choice, and we have Munchies mm-hmm. choice episodes of this show, you will have 
potentially a say in episode will be another one of so. Lunch My Benson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, exactly. So uh, that's something we're doing every 20 episodes. Um, anyways, it's good, fun stuff. Now, we're on social media at Munch My Benson everywhere where we can be found, which is at this point, let's see, Twitter, even though it might be gone by the time you hear this. <laughs> it was down for a few hours this morning, weirdly. Post was down. I couldn't post yesterday. Uh, I couldn't post entries on post. It was Weird. irritating. Oh, well, hopefully. It would not yeah. let me log in. Weird. So post also, also Instagram, <laughs> Facebook, uh, not on Snapchat or anything like that. Anywhere where we can be found, we are at Munch My Benson. And thankfully, nobody else has stolen those handles from us yet. We have a website, munchmybenson.com. We have a Reddit, r slash munchmybenson. And we also have a Discord, which is probably the best place to discuss this or... Inarguably the best place to discuss this. Yeah, definitely the best place to chat with uh, Mm like-minded characters that are interested in... Mm-hmm. The stuff that Josh and I talk about. Yeah. I think that's everything. I guess we have an email to munchmybenson at gmail.com. Yeah. Um, all that stuff is in the show notes or on our website or uh, all kinds of places. I don't think you said merch, but the notes. Merch is there too. Yeah, absolutely. The, we have merch. And uh, someday more merch will be added. Yeah. Don't worry. It's Bad's Mom Club is coming eventually. <laughs> it's nine at the back of my skull. The thing that broke me, Josh, was when I upgraded my operating system and I lost the creative all suite. The work that you'd done, on dude. A, God damn it! Know. It was just it just it well nigh broke me. Yeah, yeah. It, kick, it did. It kicked me in the balls. So yeah. it's not fun to have to just start over from scratch. I didn't realize what I was doing to myself, and it, it doesn't matter. It's fine. It's like, oh no, I can't use that pirated. Well, this was so you could video edit, though. Yeah, exactly. I can video yeah. edit with like modern software and I uh-huh. – yeah, I guess probably – You I sh- need that more. I yeah. shouldn't be using a, like a torrent copy of Photoshop that I downloaded like 15 years, years ago. ago yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Anyways, guys, I think on that note, it's time to get out there and start munching away. Why are you doing this? Why would you betray me like this? Dr. Lang, you are out of order. This entire trial is out of order. Don't you understand? I'm trying to save you. I'm trying to save the human race. Sit down, Dr. Lang, or I will have you removed. The cat's out of the bag, folks. Remove the defendant. Science and the future wait for no one. If not for me, someone will clone a human being. You wait and see. 